Yeah, right. <clears throat> you can turn with me this morning, 28th chapter of the book of Isaiah. See if we can glean something here. Uh, we uh, left home this morning, and before we left, Betty said, I, I'm feeling a little sick. And then a little bit, she said, well, I think it's going to be all right. So we come on the first time to Trinity. I got all the way to Trinity. <laughs> she was really ill. So I had to stop a couple of times on the way back home to let her out a minute. And anyway, uh, I left her crying because she had kind of messed things up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so my heart was kind of <laughs> leaning towards her this morning. It felt so bad about it. And, uh, Sister Linda's ill, got having trouble with her uh, arm, her and her back, and Karen Jerry and. And that's probably what's wrong. But uh, uh, you don't know, Linda takes good care of Jerry. Amen. Always hovering over him and getting him something to eat and, and taking care of him too good, I believe. I think she's got him spoiled. He's, he's always looking to Linda. Say, Linda, 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 do this, do that. One good thing about it, though, Linda does it without any fuss. All I've ever seen, she goes on and does her duty, takes care of things at hand. Ninth verse of the 28th chapter of Isaiah. Maybe we'll begin there. He said, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Then he said, Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. And certainly one has to be weaned off and understand that that's the way doctrine comes. Teaching. Teaching. It's a major thing in the church of God is teaching. Teach the people. Uh, back in Deuteronomy we see Moses and the Lord told him to teach the people he said read them the whole word the whole law and then every seventh year call an assembly and read them the law again Keep on reading it. Seven times seven, the fiftieth year. Forty-nine in the next year would be the year of Jubilee. Call assembly again and read them. The whole law. And then he goes on, verse 10, he said, For precept must be upon precept, and precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. 
and that's the way we learn. One thing about the Word of God, it it just keeps on developing over and over. And the more you look at it, the more you read it, the more you find. If the Lord is instructing in it, if He is in the work. And that's the way we learn precept upon precept. No way that you can, any man could teach the whole thing about God. Because it keeps on unfolding. The Lord must increase. And we must decrease. So he's forever teaching, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. Then in verse 11, we see some change here. For with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people. So when we look at the whole thing here, the Lord is angry with the people of Israel because that's what he's done. He's taught them line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. But what happened? They were a stiff-necked, hard-hearted people and would not understand. So in verse 11, he speaks as though, well, I'm going to speak to this people, but it's going to be as if it was stammering lips, and and they're not going to understand. Uh, I'm going to talk to them, all right. He has talked to every man, for that matter. Some used to Baptist folks had a problem. I, I use them because I know them better than the rest. But uh, they used to have problems. Say, well, what about the people in deep dark Africa that don't ever hear the word of God? What about them? What how? But believe me, he has told them. The whole universe speaks to the glory of God, and they have fallen short of that. So, they're without excuse. Same way the Israelite people. This sealed their fate. Because God had testified to them, as I said, Moses, he had sent Moses to deliver them out of Egypt and deliver to them also the law, the word of God. And they would not. Wouldn't hear it. So the same concept is with us today. Men have heard the word. Uh, there's more knowledge today, and the, and the Bible says the way it's going to be in the last days. Men are going to have more knowledge. And there's more knowledge in the world today than ever before. As far as worldly things are concerned. People are knowledgeable. They know a lot of stuff, but they don't know the proper thing, that God is an all-glorious God, and He'll not yield that glory to any other. But it seems to be in uh, 
our land today a teaching that they have learned line upon line and, and but they've not heard they certainly have not heard I, wife and I were talking a day or two ago about how that this easy idea of salvation has come about and it's the worst it's the most devilish doctrine that ever has been that that man can just believe unto salvation. Well, the only way he believes is learn it line upon line, precept upon precept. And it comes that way. But they've gone out and told the people that, well, all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is apply your faith. And the little bit of faith that man is born with that he gets up and moves every day with is not sufficient. It cannot believe. The Spirit of God delivers a man to believe. He gives him faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 said, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that's good up to that point, what they're saying. But, always that but in there. It's a gift of God. If you have it, it's a gift of God. It wasn't something you was naturally born with. This decision movement is a devilish doctrine that has captured worlds and worlds of people to church houses that are full of them this morning. They think they're going to heaven, but it's based upon this principle that they can just apply their own faith. And use it. Verse 12, he said, To whom he said, This is a rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is a refreshing. Yet they would not hear. There wasn't any rest in it. You know what it caused them to do? It caused them to do the same thing they do today get busy. Build and build and build. Make, get more Sunday school teachers and more Sunday schools and all this stuff of just trying to convince people that God loves them. That's another thing. It's so man doesn't learn that from God. It's his own precepts that he learns these things from. God loves everybody. No. Not so. He's angry with these people to the point he is fixing to take the gospel from them. The very thing that might save them, he is going to withdraw it. It isn't any different today. You keep going down that same old path, that's what will happen today make you reprobate to where you don't have any understanding at all. But he had spoken unto the Israelite people plainly. He said he didn't, he didn't tell it to them in a corner in the dark. 
They told it to them line upon line, precept on precept, just like we learned it. It's so similar. They've set their gate post over against the Lord's gate post, trying to teach something else. Verse 13, he said, But the word of the Lord was up unto, up unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they may go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. It's the same way the gospel is today. Wouldn't any different. It's a savor of life unto some, and it's a savor of death unto others. But make no mistake about it, the word of the Lord is going out. The Lord's arm is not shortened that he cannot save. So it's always reaching out to people. And that is their condemnation that they do not believe. That's the very nature of man. We look at Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Said, Thou shalt not eat of this fruit. What did they do? Ate of it. Now the evidence of their guilt was in there right away. They had to get to work. Go doing something. Go gather some fig leaves and cover their nakedness. When the Lord come, they went and run and hid. Wasn't this wasn't this nice as it was a day or two before? Because they had transgressed the law, which is up on every man. And then in verse fourteen, he said, "Wherefore hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men." that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. This could very well be the same message to all these church houses and church people that they call church today, is you better look out. And you better go to looking at the Word, line upon line, precept upon precept. The, the gospel the word is of no private interpretation. So every scripture backs up the other scripture. I, I've enjoyed recently that I hadn't been bringing every Sunday morning a, <laughs> a message. I've enjoyed recently uh, going in the word and, and just tracing it, chasing it anywhere it go. Leap one one reference leading to another. And I've enjoyed that, not, not trying to go to any certain end, but to look at it overall. The Word is amazing. It's an amazing thing. Uh, the more we look at it, the more precious it becomes. It'll grow on you if the Spirit is there to receive it. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye people, ye scornful men that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. 
because ye have said we made we have made a covenant with death and with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall come past uh, shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. That's the same thing I was just talking about. They've thrown off all fear. No fear. You see it on the pickup windows running around. No fear, no fear, no fear. And they've all said, well, uh, Lord, uh, he hadn't come. Things going on just like this. Before, we read that in Scripture also, that men would say that. Well, it just goes on. Everything looks the same. But the Lord's not slack concerning His Word. But they put death off. Say, well, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Always tomorrow. Men are inclined because of their worldly nature to always say, well, it'll be another day. Another day. But there's going to come a day when that will be the end day, you know, end of time. They won't talk about it a whole lot nowadays, but don't, they don't think they have any understanding at all of, of God's Word in that everything He says, it's a surety, whether it be death or life. It's assured and it comes quickly. On all men, it comes so quick. Uh, I'm getting on up in years myself, and I know Brother Lee's uh, not too far behind me, and and uh, some others, but it's been so quick. It all happens before you know it's going on. All of a sudden, it's over. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, he warns us, said, Serve the Lord. In your youth, why are you young? Why? Because coming a time when you, your grinders, your teeth going to be low, and your eyes won't be seeing like they should, and the, and the mockingbird crowing in the morning out there wake you up, just different things. You know, it's all, it's just disturbing. But if you have the Lord, there's another day. Another day of rest is coming for the people of the Lord. He said we've hid ourselves and they've thrown off all the fear. And certainly we're inclined ourselves to do the same thing. Well, tomorrow be a better day. Certainly for the people of God, that's so. But for the worldly people, it, it's not so. And it's coming on quick. And it's the falsehood that they've hid their self in. That, well, things are exactly like it used to be. And in verse 16, he said, Therefore, 
because of this, because of all these things we've seen that happened unto the Israelite people, therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in sign for a foundation a stone, a tried stone. I kind of like to use a trying stone. It's always trying, trying the hearts of men. A precious stone. It couldn't be talking about anything but the Lord Jesus Christ. That rock that he founded the church upon. Peter, look here, Peter, upon this rock. I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What a precious thought, a precious cornerstone, he said. It goes on to say a precious cornerstone. One that's tried and true. A sure, a sure foundation. Uh, my brother Paul, some time back a year or two ago, I don't know, <coughs> excuse me, wanted me to look at the temple, old temple. I've done a long study on it, <coughs> building of the temple. It had to have a cornerstone. And I found out it's a, it's a huge thing. Huge stone that was laid for the corner. And all the foundation was laid off of that one corner. Off of that one stone. And then we look at the temple itself built up. A lot of blocks. Just stacked up with narrow windows in the sides of it. And all of them at the top was rounded. And they had a keystone in each one. And all of it was pressing and pushing upon that one cornerstone it was a marvelous building but that isn't the main building we're looking at a spiritual building that's what we're always trying to show is a spiritual building not the old earthly building it, it, it showed us a lot of things but the earthly temple was not the thing. The true temple has God as its foundation. It's sure it's tried stone. The Lord was tried. But it also is a trying stone. Uh, I say that because of verse 17. He said, Judgment also will I lay to the line. What is going to be the perfect measure? Perfect measure was the Lord Himself. I was amazed too in the building of the old earthly temple that they hewed the stone out away from there and brought everyone there prefab we call it today and put it in place and then they were warned 
not to bring one out there and work on it on site. It must be already a true tried stone when you bring it. So that it fits in place without having to hew on it anymore. It's perfect. It's tried. It's true. And it all rests on this one cornerstone. It is amazing, even looking back to the tabernacle, it was an amazing structure. Lord told them in no uncertain terms to build it according to this pattern. What pattern is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. Every bit of that tabernacle and the temple also was pointing toward the foundation which would be the Lord Jesus Christ of the true church. Lord comes and builds his church. In Hebrews, the first chapter, <clears throat> you talk about the end times a lot today. Yeah, they love to talk about somehow the end of time when they don't really realize what a what a terrible day that will be to the people of God it is going to be a great day but it's going to be a scary day for most people first chapter of the book of Hebrews it said God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down at the right hand of the majesty on high, indicating that he was at rest. It is finished. It was all done. And we can rest in that same thing. The Israelite people, <laughs> I don't know the Lord. It's, you know, it's a wonder he had as much patience with them as he did. Over and over and over. He, he, he'd give them some prosperity, and what they do? They'd turn the other way every time. Every time. And we say, well, old Israelite people, they were bad, but we fit in the same group. In the book of Hosea, then, in the fifth chapter, no, sixth chapter, verse three, he said, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord his going forth is prepared, prepared as the morning, he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. 
That's the way the gospel comes to line upon line, precept upon precept, as the early and morning latter rain is complete. The Apostle Paul talked about building the church. He said he laid the foundation as a wise master builder. Some would think today that they build a church. But what we overlook sometimes is the Lord, when Apostle Paul made that statement, he said, by the grace of God, he had built the church. Master builder. So we have a sure foundation. We can't deny it because the Lord Himself come. In the last days, in, that's the day we live. In the last days, He has come. In person. To teach. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little. That's the way we get it. But our condemnation is greater that He has come Himself and preached to us who are in the last days. There's been a change in the way the Word comes also by the preaching of the Gospel. I wonder, oftentimes, how it is that man can be so stiff-necked and hard-hearted. He's just bound and determined to be that way. The Lord knocked Israel down over and over and over. And what do you think He does with us? The same thing. It's a wonder really that any would be saved because of our hard-heartedness. It's just in us. Back in verse 16, he said, a cornerstone, a sure foundation. And he says this. This is what really caught my eye all time looking at this some years back. And he said, He that believeth shall not make haste. And then I thought about the old worldly church. They're so busy, so busy, so busy. Having a deacon's meeting one night and a Sunday school board the next night and this meeting and that meeting and the other meeting. They just wear people out with their busyness. You know why? Because they don't have anything else 
And they have to try to teach their people. This is the way you ought to act. They even put a new covenant up on the wall and say, keep these covenants. We don't need all that junk. We got it right here. This Word is it. We don't need any other. We just need to see it line upon line. Be educated. Know where our peace is. Our peace is in the Lord. In Isaiah 44 chapter, I believe it is. In verse 21, he said, Remember this, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. I formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel. Thou shalt not be forgotten of me. Not when I have to make haste. Lord has done it. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. You notice he, he doesn't ever use in going to be. He's always, I have. I have redeemed thee. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Past tense again. Ye lower parts of the earth, break forth into singing, ye mountains of the far, O forest. And every tree therein, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. <coughs> Caution you again. This Israel, <coughs> he's talking out here, he's talking about here's not the old worldly Israel that everybody wants to go over and call it the Holy Land and visit. Be all right. You know, if you don't go visit, okay. But don't call it the Holy Land. That's what upset me. These people were so rebellious, the Lord took the law from them. In a sense, He took the Word from them that He had already told Moses, go read them the whole thing over and over and over. Every year. On the 50th year, gather them up again. Do it again. Let everything rest. Let the land lay fallow. But read them the law. The Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Talking about a spiritual Israel. Talking about a spiritual house. He's talking about teach them in spiritual things. Day's going to come and now is when they'll worship me in spirit and in truth. That's all necessary. But who's going to do it? The one that is the foundation, the sure foundation, the trying stone is going to try his people.
Always be careful and judge yourselves. It be not judged. Judgment ought to be harsher on us than everybody else because we need to do it. Also, another thing keep in mind concerning that is that judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. That's where it's got to begin. This is a trying stone, a true stone that was laid. So he's going to try the hearts of men. And the true Israel is the Israel of God. The true city is the city of God on, that was built on the hill. It's where the mountains of the Lord go and meet with Him to learn line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little and there. That's the reason we assemble ourselves that we might learn. Also, we're cautioned, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, that even meet the more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of the Lord. The day. When time will end. Ninth chapter, book of Romans. <clears throat> verse 33 he said as it is written behold I lay and sign a stumbling stone and a rock of offense and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed they'll not make haste they'll rest they will rest in the Lord. They'll not be ashamed. That, that's, that's an interesting statement, isn't it? Not be ashamed of Him. The uh, Bible called the people of Israel like fat cows. They was fat. Jeshuan kicked because he is fat. That's, if you ever got some cows food with them, you find out what he's talking about. They get the fat and sassy and bucking around out there, and you can't do nothing with them. Old horse do the same thing. Get him good and fat. Then he don't want to come to you. Stand off out there and look at you. Well, people are pretty much the same way. 
when it comes to the things of God. They get fat and they get thinking they've done something. We're cautioned too not to do that, not to think that we have done it. It's all by the mercy of God. Whatever we have and whatever we do, it's by His mercy. It's in Him that we live and move and have our very being. We don't have anything to brag on, anything to say we've done it. Like Betty coming this morning, all of a sudden she's sick. Really sick. So I had to turn around and carry home nothing to do but that. Well, that's the way it is. These things come. In the book of Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, I guess in verse 15, 11 chapter, in verse 15, it said, Son of man, thy brethren, even thy brethren, the men of thy kindred, and all the house of Israel holy, are they unto whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get you far from the Lord unto us in this land given in possession. Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord God, Although I have cast them far among the heathen, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them as a little sanctuary. Always place to go. To talk with the Lord. And that's talking about entering into the most holy place. You understand? Can't go in, but the Lord going in the midst of all the trouble that's in this world. The Lord will still be a sanctuary for His people. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'll be to them as a little sanctuary in the countries where they shall come. Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And they shall come thither and they shall take away all the detestable things thereof and all the abomination thereof from thence and I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit what? we're going to worship in spirit and in truth and we'll meet with him in the most dire circumstances I'm going to be a little sanctuary for my people now I'll put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh 
that they may walk in my statutes, line upon line, and keep mine ordinances and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. That's the most precious thing there. But the Lord is going to turn them around. And He's going to be our God. This is our God. That's whom we have waited for. He has come. He's come in these last days and spoken unto you and I. Line upon line. Verse 22, He said, Then did the cherubim lift up their wings and the wheels beside them, and the glory of God of Israel was over them and above. He's always over ruling. Law and order. That's what they're hollering nowadays. Well, we've got to have law and order. Lord's going to see that there is law. It was over them, and the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood upon the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. Afterward, the Spirit took me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea to them of the captivity. So the vision that I had seen went up from me. Then I spake unto them of the captivity all the things that the Lord has showed me. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Lord's always teaching. Lord's always preaching. Always gathering His people that they might enter into the most holy place and have communion with Him. You know how man enters into the most holy place? Through the veil. Saying the veil, the flesh of the Lord Himself. The fair foundation stone. The stone that the builders rejected which was made the head of the corner. The one that all things of the Spirit are joined to. He's always speaking with His people. And they're going to be God's people because God has laid that precious cornerstone that it might speak unto us. If nothing else speak to us, that ought to. That He is the only thing that holds everything together. Do you understand that if, if the Lord let it, there would be such chaos today that we could not imagine how perilous it would be.
It's bad enough now. But if the Lord wasn't there to commune with His people, also we, we would all just fall out. Sometimes we think, oh yeah, we, we're strong, we're going to be, you know, we're going to stay. But be careful. Judge yourself to see if you be in the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is always with His people. Always teaching and reinforcing precept upon precept. It keeps returning up. You could you could study this book to be a thousand years old and you couldn't deplete what the Lord has done in His Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Oh, how powerful is the Word, and we continue to look at it to guide us that we would not get so fat and kick and run away from the Lord. Our prayer is He'd continue to guide us and lead us to it. Keep drawing us in and teaching us what it's going to teach us, the glory of the Lord. We have fallen short in that. As man, we've fallen short. But the Lord's glory is always shining through. And His light has shined upon us. You and I, the Gentile world, He's going to save a people from every tongue, every nation, every tongue, and every people. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. That is a promise to the people of God. I'm going to save me a people that will glorify my name. Brother, would you lead us in a word of prayer and dismiss us? that you do with each one of us as we go forward this week, that we might be 
mm-hmm. wherever we might go. Father, we ask you to use us. Uh, every single word that we uh, come forth, Father, we, we pray that uh, that word will be your word and will be true and that it will be blessed. Dear Heavenly Father, we certainly pray for um, the food that has been prepared for us here today, Father. Amen. Lord, we ask you to reach out and touch uh, every single person and bless that food that it might be used to give us the strength and energy to do your will. Yeah. No, for no other reason, Father. We ask you to be with Brother uh, Russell uh, and with his family, Father, as he uh, drives and travels uh, such long distances, Father. We ask you to be with him and, and we pray that wherever he is, that he might please you, Father, in the way he speaks the way he lives. Father, we're just thankful for this place. That's all we know to say, Father. Even this very day, we pray that it might glorify and please you. And we pray these things in your name's sake. Amen. Amen.